Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks for joining us. Grab a chair and pull your seat up to the cool kids table because we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. This has been a lot of fun. The last, God, it's been like 14 months since I started this show, and it has really been good for me because I've had the opportunity to meet so many interesting people, and I've had the opportunity to really sort of fine-tune my own business, and I get so many positive responses from people who listen to the show who say that it's really helping them either grow their business or for people who are looking at starting their own thing, they really like hearing the different stories from the different types of people. Because if you interview 125 entrepreneurs, as we've done along the way, you're going to get 125 different journeys on how they reached success. So we're also starting the Cool Kids Project, which is the group coaching project. That's probably going to kick off in January. I started talking about it a few weeks ago, probably a little prematurely, but people are sending me emails saying they want more information, they want to be a part of it. If you want to find out more about our group coaching project, just send me an email at tom at tomsinger.com. I'm in the process of doing some changes to my website, and my web designer is going to actually add a page to that so that I can make this easier for people to get involved. You don't have to email me. We don't have to have individual conversations. We'll sort of streamline the Cool Kids Project. But I think the reality of this is it'll probably kick off in January, but it can only kick off if there's people who want to play in the pool. So let me know if you're interested in that. So today, I am going to interview another podcaster. I love it when I have other podcasters on the show because, number one, they know sort of how this whole thing flows, and number two, they're always really good at asking and answering questions and being part of the dialogue and the flow. However, I met J.V. Crum III from the Conscious Millionaire podcast and a book by the same title, by the way. I met him while I was speaking. I was part of a panel for the National Speakers Association Colorado chapter, and something came up. One of my fellow panelists mentioned cool things entrepreneurs do and and why they liked the show. And right afterwards, a gentleman walked up to me, handed me his book, shook his hand, and I looked at the book, and I'm like, I listened to this podcast. And so JV and I were able to have a short but really meaningful conversation, and I said, I want to have you on the show. And in the typical way we do things is I don't mess around. A week later, we're interviewing JV Crum III. Hey, JV, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Well, Tom, I'm just honored to be on the cool show, you know, <laughs> because you're the cool guy with the cool show. So this is a lot of fun, and yeah, you're going to be on my podcast. Podcast and that's the way it works. And you you had such a great panel. That was wonderful. It was on masterminds. And I do masterminds. I've been in masterminds. I've paid up to $15,000 for masterminds. And I have to say, you all hit the nail on the head. You all really had it very precise. Yeah, I appreciate that. So our panel was my mastermind group, who the people who listen to the show, they've, they've all been on the show. And I talk about the group all the time because it's done so much to help me sort of grow my own practice, my own business. However, we got together and we talked about advanced mastermind techniques because a lot of people start masterminds or they attend masterminds. But for two and a half years, this group of people, we have really taken it to another level. And we're four very different people. I think the best line that Jessica used uh, on that stage where you were listening was she said, you know, take a look at us. We would not buy the same brand of car. And I chuckled at that because I looked at my my three cohorts and I thought, you're absolutely right. We would not drive the same car. However, 
we have been able to come to be each other's board of directors for our businesses, and everyone's businesses are thriving because of it. So it was a lot of fun to be able to share that with the Colorado chapter of the National Speakers Association. And it was really good that you enjoyed it and you you came up and, and chatted afterwards because I want you to tell everybody a little bit about your business, and I'm going to ask you some questions about your journey because it was fascinating how you got to where you are. So, JV, tell us about your business. Well, you know, my, my business is working with conscious entrepreneurs and you know, the short version of how I got here was I, um, I grew up in a family that didn't have any money out in two or 300 people in a little village in central Florida where everybody was kind of struggling. And by the age of five, I was tired of going to the grocery store and knowing I couldn't ask for the candy bar because we literally didn't have the extra money. And I'd been taught to be really well disciplined. So I'd be polite, but I'd, you know, privately pray that, you know, God had mom put some candy on the the grocery list because it was the only way we were going to have candy in the house. And one day I was just, you know, sitting there like a little kid would and thinking about, well, what's the answers to, you know, to life and how can I get what I want? And, you know, because we all think about we can be a superhero and everything. I went, ah, I'm going to be a millionaire when I grew up. Right. And I was like so excited that I had like discovered water and we lived on a four by five mile lake. So you'd think I would have noticed it before then. And so I ran inside the house and I told my parents, looked at them, screamed like a little kid. I'm going to be a millionaire when I grow up. I'm sure for them, it was like I said I was going to be a fireman or a policeman or, you know, something else. But my mom shook her fingers at me and said, don't tell anybody. (laughs) Now, of course, being a good little boy, I went around and told everybody. And I'm sure all the little old ladies in town, you know, would look at each other and go, oh, when he grows up, he's going to be a millionaire and wink at each other. Because I'm sure nobody believed that. But I believed it completely. So short version 25, I'd made the first million. I had the, you know, bought the four-story luxury townhouse on the water, the Mercedes, could go to Europe and all this. And, and it was great until about three months in. And I was standing there one day looking out of my living room. I was on a big bay, palm trees in my front lawn, you know, beautiful day with, with sailboats. And I had this horrible kind of sinking feeling inside because it was just kind of like a moment of truth. You know how they kind of come every once in a while? And I went, wow, I'm really pretty miserable and I'm not very fulfilled and I don't like my life very much. And then I said, well, I don't I even think I like me very much. And then I said, well, I'm horrible at relationships. And then that was that all kind of unraveled in about 60 seconds. And I said, God, my life is a wreck, you know, <laughs> but I've got money in the bank and I've got this, you know, big, beautiful, you know, fancy townhouse. And um, and I knew that that was better than not having it. But that sent me off on a journey going to spiritual retreats, sweat lodges, Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, reading every personal growth book I could get my hands on, really looking for what was missing. Because what, what I'd really gotten was this little boy's dream of being a millionaire. And like most people in our culture, I think that I believe that when I got there, everything else was going to be perfect. But in my case, <laughs> nothing else was perfect. And it was really pretty obvious to me because I was a fairly insightful person, kind of from the, you know, the womb. I kind of like I was always looking at life and commenting about it and being philosophical about what's the meaning of life and all those kinds of questions. Even at four, I was asking that stuff. And so ultimately, we go forward. I sold the companies, but that was like another 15 years. You know, you're kind of trying to figure everything out. And I went off and I 
I lived at a Buddhist monastery. I lived at Esalen on the Big Sur Coast, which is a human potential place. And then, you know, my trilogy was then I landed in Boulder, shaved my head, meditated, and went out camping for two or three weeks at a time, <laughs> asking, as I said, the universe, why am I here? How do I, I had figured out that the real answer to life, that the purpose I was looking for was about being of service to others. I had figured that much out, but I didn't know what it was. So, you know, you bring, I'm going to interrupt you. You bring up a couple of interesting points, and I don't want to get too far away from them. Number one was you said that as a little boy, you came in and said, I want to be rich. I want to be a millionaire. And your mother shook her finger and said, don't go talking about that. And that really resonated with me. And I bet it resonates with a lot of people who are listening, because my parents were the same way. You never wanted to be too ambitious. You never wanted to be that person who looked like you wanted to to sort of put on airs or be better than anybody else. And so if, if you were doing anything that was, you know, really going to cause like huge achievement, you weren't supposed to be braggadocious. You weren't supposed to uh, talk well, about actually, it. Actually, that wasn't what was going on for her. What was going on for her? Because when I was writing my book, my editor said, well, you've got to tell your story. And I said, oh my gosh. So I went back and I had to ask myself, why did my mom do that? Well, we lived across the street from the little country church. And we went to church three times a week, even though we were the only family there, you know, two times. Uh, but we were going Wednesday night, even if it was us. And so I think what was going on was that my parents, and they were very bright, but didn't have a lot of money, had gotten it connected, which a lot of people have, that if you're a good person, you're not rich because rich people take advantage of people. Rich people are really criminals. Rich people, you know, scam people. And she didn't want her son to grow up to be a bad person. And she had it all connected that these rich people were bad people. Interesting. And, so, and I think and, that I think is a lot of people have that at an, even an unconscious level as adults that that it puts real ceilings like, oh, but it's better to be good than rich, right? They'll say things like that. Well, why not be a conscious millionaire? Why not be good and rich? You're absolutely right that I think a lot of people do have sort of their 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 stories about money, whether it's, hey, you know, I don't want to be braggadocious or rich people are bad. I think we all have sort of the stories that, that we right. got written into us when we were kids. That hinder us. And and they do hinder us. And I think I've, I've suffered from the exact same thing. And it's trying to learn how can you have that positive relationship with money and and be able to get past that. The other thing you said when you were telling your story was that just a few months into the success, you had the fancy townhouse, you were taking trips to Europe, you know, JV had it all. And you said like three or four months in, you were like, wait a minute, what is this about? I personally think I would have enjoyed it a little longer than a few months. I probably could have gone a couple of years before yeah, I would have well, said I've what's always, wrong I've here. Been this kind of existential type, you know. <laughs> I literally I was sitting my my parents' friends down. Now imagine it's a little country town, right? But my parents, uh, my mom was a school teacher, so you know, back in the the '60s, in particular, uh, women didn't have the same opportunities they have today, and most intelligent women were channeled into being school teachers. So my parents had a lot of very intelligent friends, since nobody made any money. And I would sit them all down and I, my question, and I would in, entertain very serious conversations with them. I'd go, what's the nature of God? Now, I don't think I even meant anything, even though we went to church, I really was asking an existential question. I was asking, what's this about? What's going on here? What's the ultimate nature of reality? And I had figured out at age four and five that this was the big question to ask. 
So I was having lots of those. So if you put it in that context, it's not unusual that I very quickly go, wow, you know, this is a really nice place. But, <laughs> but what my does life it mean? still, you know, is kind of a mess. And so, I thought my life was going to be magical the moment I walked in the door and had the keys. So tell us about your business today. What does JV do on a daily basis? Well, I do a lot of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and they're good podcasts. People should yeah. jump over to Conscious Millionaire and listen. Yeah, I've got two podcasts. So we're putting out eight episodes a week. And I'm on a ton of shows. So, uh, I mean, like this week, I'll be on uh, I'm doing recordings of 16 shows uh, Thursday and Friday. And I'm doing this show and another show back to back. I think I'm on four, four or five shows this well, week. This is going to be the best show that you're on all week. No, no, no. That's why it was the first thing in the morning that we're doing this <laughs> recording. I, I wanted you to capture me at my, you know, my, my absolute best. You know, <laughs> don't tell him I'm better later. Don't let him know that. That's right. No, okay. So I didn't say any of that. And, um, would you be quiet? I don't know. There's just this twin brother that sometimes comes out and, and it's whispers really, all your secrets. Oh my God. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Especially when it's in public because people sometimes don't actually get the joke. You know, so you go, no, it's okay. I'm really not. Like, no, no, I just know how to pretend. So, and I do coaching. So I'm like today I have a, an, an, um, a prospect that we're doing a, a call with. So, and then I'm uh, working, working on a new program uh, yesterday. I was on a call this morning. I was already texting, you know, emailing back and forth with my copywriter. So we're redoing the homepage of the website. And uh, then I'm going to be working. My big project is uh, a Conscious Millionaire Academy. So we'll be, we're putting all the pieces together to get really clear about what it's all about, what the angle is for everything, who it's for, what the steps are we're going to take them through. And I'm very excited. So that's going to be my big project. Is, is that going to be an online academy or is that going to be a yeah, live event? it's going to be an online academy. There'll be uh, video portions to it. There'll be group coaching portions. There'll be mastermind uh, portions. There'll be a section that if you're in the zero to 100,000, you know, we take you through how you're going to get there quickly and do it in a way that makes a big difference as well. So you can stop playing small. And then if you're in the six-figure level, how do you go from six to seven figures will be a, a big section of it as well. And then there'll be work for how do you double a seven-figure business. Like I worked with one client and doubled his seven-figure business in five months. So wow. that's kind of fun stuff for me. <laughs> that would be fun. And it's all for people who want to stop playing small and really make a big difference with their lives. And they want to have six or seven-figure uh, revenues. They want to build a business that that is substantial and that is sustainable and that makes a big difference in the world and gives them the kinds of profits and lifestyle that they're looking for. So JV, what do you absolutely love? Because you've been doing this a long time. What do you love about the life of an entrepreneur? What I love about the life of an entrepreneur is really getting to help other people. I mean, first and foremost, that's what my life is all about. My biggest joy comes from helping somebody get an insight or understand where they want to go or figure out the path for how they're going to get there, put the pieces together. So I love that part of it. I love the creativity that we get to create new new pieces of work. Um, I love that part of it. And then I'm a numbers guy. I got to say, you know, I'm, I'm trained as a tax attorney. So I bring that in. I love the whole marketing end of it all and watching the numbers. I mean, every email I, I send out, I'm watching my numbers, at, you know, at first hour, second hour, third hour. Uh, watching my numbers on my podcast, figuring out marketing angles. To me, all that's very, very exciting. And it's, you know, really hit me now that I'm building this and I'm building a global nonprofit at the same time. In the last year and a half, first of all, 
I would say 80% of my new friends in some way or another came from my podcast. Either they're also podcasters, they've been a guest on my podcast. I mean, it's been the best way. I've done over 450 episodes between the two. I mean, not all those have aired because we're kind of crazy six months out. Because people want to be on the show, which is wonderful. Wait a minute. I got got to laugh. I'm like two days out. You're going to be Thursday's show. (laughs) Yeah, we're currently uh, booking shows for April and May right now. I'm constantly, constantly, my my production company is always like, "Uh, do you have a show for tomorrow? Because we don't see it in the file. I'm like, I'm recording it in five minutes. It'll be there in an hour. I'm kind of a proactive type. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, we had three months on each show before we launched. I, I like to say I do it this way because I want it to be fresh. I want people to know yeah. when they well, tune in the, and listen, it is fresh. fresh. Yeah, there is. Um, I would go a little nuts doing it that way because I like to know that I've got shows in the in the in the can. Well, you bring so. up an interesting point. You said a lot of my new, you know, a lot of your newer friends are people you've met through the show. I've actually Absolutely. found since I've been podcasting fourteen months, I've actually found that it is the best networking device uh, I've ever had, ever. Right. Well, what I've been doing is I've been sending out invitations and uh, I've created a hundred slots in them in two months and I'm kind of thinking, okay, I got to create more. And I'm doing half hour phone calls with lots of people that have been on my show and we're looking at ways we could do business together in 2016. Well, and what I've found is, is people I asked to be on my show, only one or two people have ever said no. And one of those, it's because he had quit his job and had a kind of a secret deal going. Another person was a little bit of a celebrity and apparently I didn't meet her criteria. Although I always like to say, yet because i'll eventually get her on the show but so if any of you know barbara corcoran i want her on this show i mean i bet you know i try yeah barbara and i you know we have lunch together a lot i, I can um, tell that she, I would she flies to denver because she just thinks it's worthwhile to come here because <laughs> we're the foodie capital i said i could come to new york barbara goes no no no, 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 no. i got the private jet don't worry about it well but but, uh, but my point is is that for me almost everybody says yes and after i've spent a half hour interviewing with them you have the ability to follow up and, and talk about other stuff. Like you said, Absolutely. business ventures are just growing a friendship. Absolutely. Most of, the, most of the people I'm doing business with right now, in one way or another, either came directly or they were referred by somebody who was on the podcast. That's great. Hey, so JV, is there anything you don't like? You said you were trained as a tax attorney. Are there ever days where you think, I could work for like an Amlaw 100 big firm, be the head of the tax department, and no, I, not I, deal I, with all this? I don't think that I would fit in at all in a corporate structure. <laughs> uh, you know, I've ended up being an entrepreneur all my life. I think it's the right life for me. The independence of being able to choose what we do. Now, a lot of people... Go in, because right now there's this big theme about lifestyle entrepreneurs working four hours a week, which is not true. <laughs> uh, you know, I work. I'm really cutting back, and I'm cutting back to about sixty hours a week. So that's I had a guy. I had a guy named Jeffrey. I had a guy named Jeffrey Shaw on on the the. Yep, uh, Jeffrey's been on my show. Yeah, I had him on a, a few about two weeks ago, and I listened to his 100th episode of his Creative Warriors podcast. And one of the things he said is he works all the time. And, you know, he and his partner have just built their life where he works from home so that he can work all the time. And he said, I'm not saying that I'm proud of this. I'm not saying I want to do it forever. But he said an interesting thing is people look at successful people and think they can do it in four hours a week. But most of the successful people out there are working hard. I think the thing is I work from home as well. I have a big loft. Um, This is my sound room, which is a five and a half by seven and a half foot 
almost completely cement encased uh, walk-in closet with the 10-foot ceiling. So I've got foam on the walls and it's a great space. You know, it's really wonderful. So it's like I have this all set up and I just kind of run in the room, close the, it's got a hardwood door and bang, there can be a siren on the street below me and you can't even hear it. So by working from home, I'm having to create boundaries because the one that I'm actually playing with right now, I mean, I'm very open about what I'm doing, is I'm working at how to quit by seven or eight at night. That's, that's my new deal is and take one day off a week. So it is kind of true when you work from home, it, it makes it a little bit easier. But I'm also working to have a boundary so that there's a personal piece of the day. And I'm also working out every day now. So that becomes a personal piece. So but I think Jeffrey's making a point that is also true for me. I just love what I'm doing. I think that's the difference. When you really choose something that comes out of your heart, which is what Conscious Millionaire is about, you've got a heart vision inside of you, everybody does, of something you want to accomplish with your life. And then when you craft that into a business, so the only clients you're ever working with are people who want that difference, so they're all resonating with it. Then you have like a podcast like we do, but who do you have on your show? You have people on your show that resonate with your message, so you're getting to play with other people who like what you're doing as well, and you like what they're doing. And so... It's a very collaborative, especially when you understand that collaboration is the deal. It's a very collaborative world. And while there is the loneliness and when you're doing it you know, with yourself, like I have a virtual team, but we don't really meet a whole lot, even though they're all located within 15 minutes to a half hour of me. Um, you know, Tiffany, who works with me, and we're great. We've worked together for a year and a half. We've seen each other in person three times because it works. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? We had our morning call before um, I came and did this uh, podcast with you. And so, but then all my friends, what I've realized is all my friends are entrepreneurs at this point. I really don't have friends who work for corporations because our lives don't have anything in common. It's not that, you know, it's like, it's really a very different mindset. Yeah, because no, we're, you're right. we're in the world of creating something and we're always creating a new vision. I think that's common for for entrepreneurs, we're always creating some new vision of what we want to create. It's a new product. It's a new way to impact people. It's a new program. And we get to go play on our, I have a 12-foot whiteboard. We get to play on our whiteboards and create new things. And and then we're totally in charge of creating the destiny and pulling the pieces together and running the project. And we like doing that. And you are right in the fact that if you really like what you're doing, it's not really work. So the other day I was having a yeah. conversation with I a guy. I get to talk to an amazing group of people. So, you know, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, I'm doing eight interviews a day. That's 16 people, the majority of whom I don't currently know. And we're going to have intimate conversations for an hour. And that's amazing. And I had a conversation with someone the other day, and, and he was sort of like a person who teaches people how, how to make money online. And, and he actually has a legit track record doing it. And we were talking and I said, you know, I would love to have a course or I would love to have these types of things. But the reality is I'm a speaker and I want to be on the road. I want to be speaking and I'm not willing to put the time in if it's going to take me away from what I love to do. And he goes, you want to travel more? And I said, yeah. And I spoke 50 times last year. And he goes, you want to speak more? And I said, yeah. And he looked at me, he goes, you're the only person I've ever talked to who wants to do more of what they do. And I said, it's because I love what I do. And if you love what you do, it's not work. And while I would love to do other stuff and find ways to make more money, I don't want it to take away from my primary world because my primary world is what I set out to do a decade ago. And I think there's a lot of people 
who never reach that goal of doing what they dreamed of doing. And now that I'm doing it, you know, I look up and it's exactly what I want to be doing. Well, I, and I and I agree. And, and in a way, we're kind of doing the same things. And I'm doing speaker training right now because I want to do uh, some, of, some of the speaking. There's certain kinds of speaking I want to do. Um, but kind of you've got the speaking, I've got the podcast, and we both get an audience. In our my case, it's an interview kind of format. In your case, it's being on a stage and the audience is in front of you. But we both have audiences that we also get to interact with. And that we're making a difference in, to a larger group of people. And that's important to both of us. Absolutely. Hey, JV, I've got more questions for you. But first, yes. I've got to thank our sponsor. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating good content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool guests like J.V. Crumb III. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, jump over to their website. Go to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, J.V., I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now? I think the, the coolest thing I'm doing is really uh, creating the academy because that's going to allow me to bring thousands of people into a program where they'll have a collaborative experience with one another and we'll have the step-by-step program to take them from wherever they are literally to wherever they want to go. I mean, we've, we play in the zero to multiple seven-figure levels, you know, which, in, by the way, is about almost every small business. I mean, once you get to 10 million, there's very few businesses that actually have more than 10 million. And only about 95%, about 95% of businesses actually never reach 100,000. So what we want to do is really help businesses become sustainable so that now you've got an investment vehicle because the biggest payday you're ever going to have from your business is the day you pay, you you sell it. And so you should have some kind of an outcome as to where you want to take this. But then all those people you get to impact along the way. And so you're really clear about what you're doing in the world. That's what I love helping people do. To me, that's the coolest thing because my ultimate goal in life is to make a positive impact to 1 billion people. And there's a ripple effect. So it affects who I choose to play with, who I want as one-on-one clients. Are you really going to build a business that's going to actually be sustainable? Because if you're not, you're actually you know, not serving anybody. You're not serving yourself and you're not serving the world because you're actually not going to impact a whole lot of people. That's great. So you owe it to yourself to do the right steps and really not take a lot of time to get there. There's no reason it take more than 12 months to get to the first 100,000, but most people take four or five years and never get there. They're not doing the right steps. They're wasting their energy. And I hate to see people do that. So I have a little section of the show I call Three Pearls of Wisdom. I'm going to ask you three questions really fast. I don't want long answers, but I want sort of insightful answers that you can share with everybody. So your first pearl— No, I'll just go ahead and give you the answers now. It's yes, <laughs> no, and yes. That's exactly right. Ding, ding, okay. ding, and he gets the prize. <laughs> so the first pearl of wisdom is if somebody wants to start a business, what's the best short little piece of advice you can give them? Yeah, get do the personal work first. You, the first step is to get clear about who you are— I call it your true north. What's that passionate difference you want to make? And what are the natural strengths that you have that you're going to be able to use to do that? That is the most important piece because until you know that, you have no idea what direction to head in. So the second pearl is where do you, JV, where do you find inspiration? 
Well, I, I read books, I go to the internet, but I find inspiration, interestingly enough, in nature. I love going out camping, and I find it internally because I wake up every morning and I awaken to gratitude is my practice. So I just allow whatever's grateful, and it oftentimes starts with, I'm glad I'm alive. This morning, I have apostropedic bread. I'm just giving a shout out to him for fun. Um, <laughs> and I said, oh my God, I'm so glad that I have this wonderful bed that I get to sleep in. So- <laughs> You know, so I get inspiration from being grateful. And the last pearl of wisdom is how do you celebrate the small victories? Yeah, drinking water. I drink a lot of water. No, I celebrate this. I was going to say drinking wine. Yeah, no, because I'm, you know, I'm doing this health thing. But, you know, I, I celebrate by acknowledging it, by being present. And, and part of the gratitude practice is really a celebration practice. It's like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm grateful that this morning there were people that are in my life that I'm, you know, some of them I'm starting to do business with, clients. And I just, you know, say, wow, I'm really grateful for these people. And those are celebrations. So, JV, I have a couple more questions and then we'll let you go. I know you have to jump on another interview in about seven minutes, so we'll try and, and move through here. But one of the questions is, why does networking even matter for entrepreneurs? Oh, networking's everything. Because your relationships are your money in a business. All Everything that is happening in my business is based upon the relationships that I have. And if you don't network, you don't get the the relationships. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, I've written books on this, but I actually think that, you know, people told me when I started off as a speaker, well, you can't speak about networking because everybody knows about that and it's kind of fluffy. It is one of the hottest topics out there on the speaking circuit right now. Because, it is really hot right now. Well, because our world has gotten so disenchanted. People are lost in this fog of technology. And yet most of us work in industries where you know, our sales and our growth comes from relationships and people yeah, are starting absolutely. to realize that they'd better take it seriously. So we could talk about JV Crum the third and conscious millionaire and everything that you do for the entire episode. But I love to ask my guests to step out of yourself and tell us who out there do you see where you think some other entrepreneur where you think, wow, they're doing something cool. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I have so many great friends in podcasting, but there's one I want to you know, give a call out to, and then everybody else will hate me. But uh, David Ralph, who's in uh, England. I was on uh, his show. He is great. And he's such yeah. a good interviewer. He is a great interviewer. I was on his, I've been on his show twice and uh, originally about a, a year and a half ago. So we've become good friends and we do little Skype calls. So I love what he's doing because he's so genuine. He's so authentic and he has put together such an amazing show. So, you know, it's like I love my show and it's really popular, but I always say, wow, I think David's show is just incredible. And I have sent him a lot of guests. And his show is called Join Up. Really, his show is called Dots. Join Up Dots. And if you've never yeah. listened to it, Google it and, and take a little listen to Join Up Dots because David does a fantastic job. It's, it's amazing. It's a big yellow, yellow image in iTunes. Yep, absolutely. So, no, and I, I, I appreciate you sharing him, even though you have lots of friends you could share, because, you know, I think the best, uh, best entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. And so when we're observing not just, hey, what's my business doing, but, but what are other people right. doing? I think we grow. Absolutely. So, so in addition to being observers, I also think the best entrepreneurs want to find a way to give back. They want to leave their mark. It's not just about making money. So what do you do, JV, to serve the greater good? Well, I have a global nonprofit, ConsciousWorld.org. And right now we're, we're down to 10 finalists and we're in the process of choosing the winner who will get a $5,000 scholarship. We've had applicants from, I believe, over 10 countries. My goal is to be in 160 countries in 10 years. And what we do specifically is we work with youth 18 to 25 doing projects that uplift humanity. So 
in January, I'm just going to ask you on the air, gosh, Tom, will you help us get this word out? In January, we're going to do our first ever global Conscious World Day and celebrate the first winner and the first 10 finalists. And then out of that, we're going to create a podcast, Conscious World Youth Leaders. And next year, we're going to do webinars and uh, specific training to help them not only create projects, but from doing this first round and getting all the applications in, I realized there was a very clear defining line, and it was true in all the 10 finalists that they understood the concept of scale. So that helped me understand, wow, we really need to teach that. So my whole goal is to create, uh, you know, be a really big force for creating the next generation of conscious leaders worldwide who believe that you others in society need to win together. The other two principles we teach them is that you and you alone are ultimately responsible for your life. So just extreme personal responsibility. And along with that, which is what my parents taught me, it's really my legacy, is that we all have an obligation to contribute so I want to create these conscious leaders that get all over the world, whatever area of you know, life they go into. We've, my vision for the 21st century is that our best version right now is my nation wins and yours doesn't too bad. We've <laughs> got to have a new version that says we as a world collaborate together. We all get food. We all get water. We all get education. We all learn to be productive and we all collaborate together to create the amazing world that we all want to have. To me, that's the 21st century dream. And I absolutely love the fact that you're working with youth because one of the things that I teach is what I call compounded generosity. And we all teach the young people in their 20s or whatever that if they start saving for retirement early, the magic of compounded interest, they're going to have a lot of money when they retire. Absolutely. Of course, most people don't do that, but we try to teach that to people. But my message is is compounded generosity works the same way. If you start young and early and consistently trying to find ways to give back, the amount of impact you will have over a single lifetime, it just adds up and grows and it pays it forward and gets inspires other people. And so I think the fact that you're working with youth and trying to teach them this message, it gets me excited because that's something that I think we all have to do is find our way to leave our legacy. And too many people think, well, I'll wait till I'm rich and then I'll give back. To me, it's, yeah, it's part of the process. I mean, a conscious millionaire business is a business that by its definition is giving back because it's making a difference with its clients. That's its whole purpose in terms of what it gives to the world. Well, JV, I am so glad that you were able to jump on and and do this episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If somebody's listening and they want to find out more about JV Crumb III, they want to find out more about The Conscious Millionaire, how do they find you? Well, I would like to give everybody a gift if I could. Please give them a gift. I think people love gifts. Okay. Well, we, we do gifts on my show. Uh, I'm really looking forward to you being on my show, and I appreciate that you're going so, to do that. So we're going to we're going to record it in three days, and it's going to air know. in 2074. <laughs> Actually, it's airing in January. <laughs> um, so the gift I'd like to give you is I have an ebook, the formula for creating wealth, and it's what I use. It's the exact three step formula that I realized I had used to go from flat broke to a millionaire in three years. So I'd like to give that to you. It's consciousmillionaire.com forward slash no spaces here just wealth formula consciousmillionaire.com forward slash wealth formula and it has the diagrams it has examples it has coaching questions it has a link where you can watch 16 videos as well that's all free so that's a great way to get in contact and otherwise you can go to consciousmillionaire.com love to have you listen to our podcast and uh, there's a tab there for podcasts and you can go to both of our podcasts one's on business coaching and one's on health for entrepreneurs excellent well again thank you so much for being on the show and to everybody who tuned in and listened I know you got a lot of 
information from JV today. So thank you, JV, and thank you to the audience, because as we say in the outro, without the listeners, there would be no show. Absolutely. Tom, thank you so much for having me. Oh, this was great. And I'm going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as JV. But in the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.